and uh, welcome. It's a great day to be together and to uh, worship our Lord. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil, and I want to welcome uh, you joining us here at New Horizon in uh, Southwest Ranches, Cooper City, Davie, Pembroke Pines, Western area of, uh, of Florida. We're uh, glad to be together and to be sharing today. Um, for those of you who are joining us in a digital format, we're glad that you've engaged in worship uh, with us, and I want to encourage you uh, to uh, participate in the life of the community in every way possible, and you'll find out lots more about that. And of course, you can always check our website for information and, uh, and opportunities to, uh, to serve and to give and ways that you can do that. But what we're doing now and how we're sharing now is engaging in, in worship. And so we've come together to give God the praise, to put God first in our life, and to lift God up. And so let us come together in songs of praise. So as you're able, stand and let's join together in song. Father God, we thank you this morning for your greatness. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for who you are, Lord. And as we sing praises to you, Lord, we pray, God, that you'll come down in a mighty way. And this place will be filled with your Holy Spirit and your anointing, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people say, amen. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, 
Show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Will you show us, show us, show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Open up the heavens. Open up the heavens. We wanna see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our brain. Open up the heavens. Open up the heavens. We wanna see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our
in community for worship and this is our time of prayer together so if you would bow your heads with me God of infinite patience and wisdom we come to you today with so many things that claim our time and our energy our resources our lives our attention our stress our anxiety we just come and and we kneel at the foot of the cross we crawl up in your lap and we experience this time of presence we take a deep breath as we realize how amazing you are and how much you hold us each and every day it is so easy to get drawn away from serving you by the enticements of the world so easy to retreat into the comfort of just hiding and just like the young man that we know in the scriptures, we, we tend to cling to our possessions and are held captive by safety. You continue to offer us healing and hope, and you seek to transform our lives in freedom and witness and service to you in the world. As the hands and feet of of God's love in the world, we look at the world where there seems to be so much war and strife and anger and hatred and brokenness, and we become overwhelmed. We become overwhelmed and sometimes powerless by the needs and the stresses of the communities that we live in and the world that we live in, and sometimes our families are broken. Help us to place our lives and our trust in you, knowing that with your help, many wonderful things can be accomplished. We can provide hope and peace for others, and in doing that, the same comes to ourselves and a peace over our lives. Give us courage and strength, O oh Lord, to truly be your disciples in the world. Hear us as we pray together the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything. in our patch. And if you're in South Florida, there is a pumpkin patch outside of New Horizon off of Flamingo Road, and all are welcome to come and check out the pumpkins. Check me out. But I did, seriously, this is an amazing ministry and mission of New Horizon Church. This is a place that people can come and find all kinds of pumpkins, little pumpkins, bigger pumpkins. Um, Green pumpkins, white pumpkins, orange pumpkins, yellow pumpkins, spotty pumpkins. Like, there's all kinds of pumpkins out there. But the reason I'm here today to share this mission and ministry is there's another amazing thing that happens in our patch, and that's pumpkins arrive. And pumpkins arrive 
arrive by tractor trailer and we unload those pumpkins. So there's opportunities to help unload pumpkins. One is coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m. If you have a pickup truck, you could come at 8.30 and help with some of the offloading of the small pumpkins. We need some help with that. There's also opportunities on our website through Sign Up Genius to sign up to help with the patch. And it's a great place to help. When I go to the patch to help, I get to take pictures of babies and pumpkins, babies buy pumpkins, small children in costume, families all happy to be there. It's sometimes their fall photo. It is an amazing day. And we can move pumpkins and help people with their pumpkins and carry pumpkins. You get it, it's a pumpkin kind of month, right? Not only do some of our businesses around have, you know, pumpkin spice things, we have pumpkin spice in our patch. Like, seriously, there's all kinds of pumpkins out there to be spicing up our lives. So, I'm inviting you, I'm inviting everyone in the community, whether or not you've ever been in our patch, and many have been, to do a couple of things. One, if you know our patch and you have an amazing story, please share that with us. We love pumpkin stories. We've had pumpkin engagements. We've had pumpkin, I don't think we've had a wedding yet, but who knows? Um, so many really cool things happen in our patch and we would love to hear the stories. The other thing is I'm inviting you to become part of the place to be in this community every day of the month of October and help with our patch. Come visit our patch, pray for our patch. You get the picture, right? It's all about pumpkins this month, and we would love to see you in the patch. So, you know, uh, every, every week, part of our worship and part of what we focus on, uh, we call it a mission moment, is, you know, something about, you know, pumpkins or one of the other missions or whatever. But we do these mission moments um, not, I know some of you are thinking, oh, this is a cute little commercial because they're doing pumpkins and they're asking me for help. No, no. We do these mission moments because w as the congregation, as a community of faith, we want to help each other engage in our faith, engage in loving our community and loving people in a deeper way because that's the work of the church. The work of the church is to help us together together get kind of our other stuff out of the way so that we can love God and love others um, in bigger and greater ways. And that's just the work of the church, to get the other stuff out of the way. And you think, oh, what a cute little thing about pumpkins. No, it's more about how do we alter our lives a little bit, get some things out of the way so that we can engage God by engaging people in our community and grow our capacity to love. And we do with these little mission moment kind of things that can be kind of fun. I, I'm one of those people that remembers the day when churches would print on paper these newsletter things, and then we'd go to the post office and put them in bulk mail and send them out to a few hundred people, and people would be waiting at home to get information through snail mail on a piece of paper and read it and go, oh, here's a way that I can engage, that I can grow, that I can become better. And so now we do it in so many other ways, including mission moments, including a, a new website that the church has put up that's, that you can engage in now and, and work with. An app is coming, 
an app that you can put on your phone, and through the app you can able with uh, sign up to serve at the pumpkin patch. You can, uh, with a few clicks, give and and do an offering. You engage in in weekly worship and devotionals uh, through that thing. And people might say, well, it's a lot easier, you know, when you when you pull out your phone, you know, and use your phone. Well, we're just making it easier. But no, this is how the world communicates, and this is what we're doing as a church to help each other get the stuff out of the way so that we can love, so that we can love, so that we can live out our faith in a significant way. Today's scripture is exactly that. That's what Jesus is doing. He's communicating with a young man, helping him to get stuff out of the way so that he can follow God. In Mark chapter 10, there's this wonderful encounter that Jesus has. And as Jesus continued down the road, uh, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do? What must I do to obtain eternal life? And Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandments, right? You know them. Don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, don't cheat, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he responded. Teacher, I've kept all these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully looked at him carefully, and loved him. Loved him. He said, you're lacking one thing. Go sell all you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But the, the man was dismayed at the statement and went away saddened. He went away because he had many possessions. Looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, it will be very hard for the wealthy to enter God's kingdom. His words startled the disciples, so Jesus told them again, children, it's difficult to enter God's kingdom. It's difficult. It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. They were shocked even more and said to each other, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible. It's impossible with human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. Peter said to him, look, look, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, I assure you that anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, and farms because of me and because of the good news will receive 100 times as much now in this life, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms with harassment and 
and in the coming age, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Most gracious God, help us to shake off the things that cling to us so that we might grow closer to you. Amen. Well, we love our cell phones, don't we? Don't, don't we love our... We're using them all the time. I know that there are some of you now that you're pulling out your cell phone saying, man, you've got to check out the music at New Horizon. You know, or, you're, you're, or if you're on the digital thing, you're sharing the link, right? So that your friends can all link in and come to worship and join in with you, right? And do all that kind of stuff. That's why we pick up our phones to, to share the love of God, you know, and to make sure people are connected. No, no. We use our phones for every piece of communication imaginable, right? These cell phones have made things easier, have made uh, information sharing easier, have made lying a whole lot easier, have made, you know, just everything easier. And we all love our cell phones, and, and we're so much more connected because you can stay connected to so many more people with social media and instant communication, and you can stay connected to people and, and know what everybody's doing and what people were going on in people's lives. And yet, the research in sociology tells us that even though we have more connections and more people in our lives and more information, the depths of our relationships are decreasing. There is a disconnect in our deep, abiding relationships. In other words, the technology is beginning to get in the way of the way we do our relationships. Getting in the way. I mean, you can see this in our driving patterns, right? I grew up here in South Florida. I learned to drive here in South Florida. I learned to drive here in South Florida going down the middle of Dade County and downtown Miami and all that kind of stuff. And man, you, you know, you had to gun it. You had to work on it. You had to drive with the offensive because if you weren't offensive, people ran you off the road. They were all over. And, and now the driving patterns are a little different. You know, we get at one of those stoplights. You know what stoplights I'm talking about? The ones that take four to five minutes for the cycle to come all the way back around for your turn. And you're waiting in that left turn lane to go, and inevitably, if you're there four or five minutes, what's the front person in the line going to do? Well, they're going to pull out their cell phone, and they're going to begin to check emails, or they're going to begin to work, and uh, they're on social media, or maybe even they're playing a little game or something, and they're doing something along those lines, and the arrow comes up, but they haven't noticed, and then somebody about three cars back politely gives a little tap on the horn, right? And they give a little tap on the horn, and then they notice, and they look up, and they go, but meanwhile, about three or four people were not able to make that light because somebody was on the phone. And the 10 other cars that came down the road to get into that turn lane are now backed up. And the traffic is backed up even further because we're not recognizing that every action we take is affecting other people. And the phone's gotten in our way. My wife and I love to go out on, on uh, date nights. You know, we have our date night, you know, just the two of us together. And we inevitably are, you know, looking around, seeing, well, who else is on date night? And who else is there as a, as a couple with their significant other on, on date night? And we're sharing and we're talking and we're noticing people. And, 
inevitably there's that a couple usually you know a generation or two younger than us that they're obviously there on date night they're out and they've gotten their food and their phones are sitting right there beside them as they eat and they're looking down on their phone and they're scrolling through their messages and they're doing their work they're together they're at the table they're sitting right across from each other sometimes even next to each other with never a word being shared and meanwhile they've talked to maybe a dozen other people now, if you're having dinner with your significant other, how happy do you think my wife would be if I had pulled out a pad of paper while we're having dinner and began to write down notes for the babbling I was going to do on Sunday morning? And I'm sitting there, you know, like this, and, you know, do you think my wife would be happy spending a date night dinner like that? But yet there are people that will be doing their work and checking on what's happening at work on their phone. It's gotten in our way. It gets in the way of our relationship. Late at night, when we're supposed to be talking with our significant other, people are going to bed with everything else to do and somebody else to talk to on there, and it gets in the way of the depth of our relationship. The screen, whether it's a cell phone or a computer or whatever, puts off a blue light. And that blue light that's put off on there affects our eyes, affects our brains, it affects our brain functions. And what it really does, particularly if you do it late in the evening, is it affects your sleep patterns. And it begins to affect your sleep patterns. And when your sleep patterns are affected, it affects your personality. It affects your cognitive ability. And it begins to affect those things. And when your cognitive ability and your um, your socializing skills begin to be affected, your personality begins to be affected, guess who else it affects? Your relationship. Your relationship. Cell phones were made to make us more connected, share more information, be more connected with each other, but it can get in the way. And so sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, you have to put it away, or in Jesus' terms, Sell everything that you have and put it away so that you can engage in the relationship. What's in your way? What's in your way in your relationship with God? For this man that, that Jesus met, that came up to him, Jesus obviously saw what was in the way with his, his wealth. This man came up to Jesus and said, you know, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I have done all of the things that I'm supposed to do. You know, I've, I've not lied. I've not cheated. I've not, you know, you know, slept with somebody else's significant other. I've, you know, I've not committed that adultery. I've not done any of those, those things. You know, I've not stolen from anybody. I, I, I took care of my parents. I put them up on a condo in Miami Beach. I honor father and mother. I've done that. I've done all those things. So now what else can I do to inherit eternal life? And you know what Jesus says, well, obviously you've done everything. You know, I'm thinking like Jesus. He's done all the simple ones, but what about the first commandment? The first one. Let's have no other gods. So why don't you put down all that stuff that you've done, that you have, and let's follow the way of the kingdom. And he couldn't do it. 
What's in the way? What's getting in the way of a deeper relationship with God? What's in the way that, that keeps your heart from recognizing what God is doing and has done? What's in the way of responding to God with, with generosity? What's getting in the way and, and holding you back? Jesus says to this man, this guy, go and sell all that you have. In other words, turn your cell phone off. Put it away for a while. Go and sell all that you have. And now that sounds really harsh. And I know some of you are going to ask, say, you know, is that what's commanded in the Scripture? That we have to go and sell everything that we have and give it all away? Is that what Jesus, you know, Jesus is doing? But Jesus is saying that to this man. This man, this is what's asked of him. It's a harsh commandment. And we're all going to say, is this for me? But recognize that our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ, is very unique and very personal. Because in all the other encounters that Jesus has, he doesn't ask anybody else to sell everything that they have. Nicodemus is a man that comes to him at night. And obviously a man who at night has this brokenness in his soul and this sense of, of death. And what does Jesus share with Nicodemus? But a, a teaching about new birth and about new life and, and claiming that. So his encounter with Nicodemus was a whole lot different. And Nicodemus had a lot of stuff to sell and give to the poor. Jesus uh, had an encounter with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't come running up to him, but just kind of wanted to see him from the, you know, from the outskirts, from the, from the box seats in the tree. But Jesus went to Zacchaeus. He says, you come down. And Jesus gave Zacchaeus love and gave Zacchaeus grace. And Zacchaeus responded by giving half of what he had. Not everything, but half. But even more than that, Zacchaeus began to use his skills. He was a money guy. He knew accounting. And he says, if anybody's had an injustice done, if anybody's been cheated or defrauded, they get four times more. And so now Zacchaeus is using his skills to, make, to work for justice in the community, particularly any injustice that he's done in his past. The 12 who are following Jesus, they're never called to sell everything, but they are called to a different job, to lay down their vocation, and to take up a new vocation, not their skills. They're still, they were fishermen before, they're still going to fish. But they're just doing it for God's purposes. And so this wealthy man that comes up to Jesus, he's invited to the same thing, a total life change. But that total life change means putting down whatever is getting in the way of your relationship with God and your relationship with others. And so the call for this man is to get wealth out of the way. Because here's the thing. Wealth clings to us. It's one of those sticky, clingy things. It's like putting your hand down on a table and realizing there was syrup spilled there. You know, it kind of clings to you and it stays there and it's, it's never going to go away. It's, it's there. And that wealth, that, that possession, that holding on to things, it makes it really hard to follow Jesus. It makes it really hard to see the glories of the kingdom when we're being taught and consumed by this possessiveness, this selfishness, 
This, I've earned this. I've done this. Did you hear that from the young man in the story? I have done all these things. What can I do to inherit eternal life? Looking for the what must I do might be the wrong question. What must I do? How can I make this thing happen? What, what, what can I do? And when you realize there's nothing you can do, the man went away sad. He went away not following, not assured, still sad and kind of lost. What can I do to have this relationship with God? And what can I do to know that I'm in the kingdom? And maybe, just maybe, that's the wrong question. Not the question of what can I do, but maybe the reflective question is what has God done? And what is God doing? And how will I respond to what God has done? You know, folks, it's impossible for us. But nothing's impossible for God. Jesus' call on this young man's life and his call on us are words of love. Did you hear that in the story? Jesus loved him. Loved him so much, he said, please, the best thing that we can do together is to sell all your stuff. Let it not cling to you. I want to love you. To get rid of what's in the way of your relationship with God. Give it all. Sell everything. That's a, that's a love call. That's a love call of God. So what's in the way for you? What's in the way of your relationship with God and your deeper love for others? I bet in some way all of us, because we're USA Americans and informed by this culture, wealth is that issue. Or at least one of the issues that gets in our way. You know, Let's just call it what it is. We are a wealthy nation. We are a wealthy people. Wealth gets in our way. If we don't have enough of it, it gets in our way because we're always trying to achieve more. We always feel cheated or cut short, and so it creates this bitterness. Or if we do have enough of it, enough is never enough, and so we're always trying to gain more, and once we've gained it, we try to hold on to it and, and keep a hold of it. And what does it breed? It breeds selfishness. It breeds greed. It breeds this possessiveness. And so the scriptures encourage us to give and to, to practice giving and to, to give, not because the church needs your money. You know, sure, things need your money. We got things we got money, we got things we gotta pay for. But what we need is we need hearts that are formed by the activity of generosity, the practice of giving, and the giving and the giving and the giving. And if you give and give and give and give, all of a sudden you before you know it. It's produced in you a character of generosity and love because you've put down that clinginess of wealth. You know, the scriptures teach us a, a 10% tithe and give 10%. And that's a great practice for us because it helps us to form the character of generosity but I wonder what it would be like if we kind of sold everything. In other words, what if 100% of what was entrusted into our care 
actually belong to God? How would we manage and think of wealth differently if all 100% belonged to God? Give all that you have. Give all that's been entrusted into your care. Get it out of the way so that generosity can blossom, so that love can have a greater capacity in your heart and your life. But there are so many other things that can get in our way other than wealth. What's getting in your way? Maybe it's bitterness and envy. I bet the practice of giving and serving would help get that out of the way. Maybe what's in the way for you is, is comfort and routine. You need that, that sense of security. And what if the comfort of your life was 100% for God? Do for others. Even if it made you feel unsecure, and all of a sudden I bet your capacity to love begins to grow. What gets in your way? Maybe it's your work, it's your profession, it's your, it's your vocation that you're working on. Now, what if you did your work for God? 100%, all of it, all out for God. The work that you've been called to, the work that you've been blessed with, give it 100% to God. Don't do it for the boss. Don't do it for the paycheck. Do it all for God. How would that change things? What gets in the way of your relationship with God? Maybe it's fear. Give and serve and do without and find out more about God's blessings and I bet the love capacity grows. What gets in the way of your capacity to love? What gets in the way? Sell it all. Put it down. Give. Serve. And allow your soul to be formed after God's own character and desire. Let your soul be formed by the love of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Oh Lord, help us to not go away sad today because of, the, because of how harsh the command might seem on our hearts and our lives. But Lord, rather allow us to go with the sense of your spirit helping us to reflect and recognize what is getting in the way, what is clinging to us, what we are stumbling over. And Lord, give us the courage to, to put it down, to turn it off, to sell it off so that we can love you and love others. Amen and amen. So I'm going to encourage you. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage you today to take an action of getting something out of the way. You might need some prayers, you know, praying over, whether, you know, if you're going to get envy or bitterness or anger out of the way, putting that down and selling that off, that's, that's a hard task. Maybe it's some other things, but I guarantee you this. The practice of some spiritual disciplines, prayer and worship, giving, giving what you can do online through the church and 
through the technology, serving, you know, go to the uh, sign-up stuff for, for working in the nourishing lives of the pumpkin patch or whatever, or wherever you serve in the community. Do more of that. But respond in some way. Respond in some way. Don't go away sad because the commands of discipleship are so hard. But go away following Jesus. Put down what's in the way and pick up and take on the glorious gifts that enable love to grow. So respond in some way today. Let's sing together.
now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus Christ meets you in a personal, unique relationship and asks for you to put it down, to sell it all, to release that which clings you and is in the way, and to follow. Go now and give. Go now and serve. Go now and allow God to work in that giving and that serving and form a character of generous love in you. Amen and amen. Thank you.